Welcome back to the Becoming CEO podcast, where we decide every single day to become the CEO we were created to be. Over here, we're low-key ratchet and high-key saved, okay? Listen, I know what it feels like to have the hugest to-do list, feel super unclear on what to do next in your business, download all the freebies, and still be stuck at square one. And darling, that's over for you today. Hey boo, I'm Kay Hillman. I'm a scientist turned five-figure photographer turned marketing and business strategist for female service providers building profitable businesses. I'm the coach for confused peeps. Boo thang, it's time to ditch the hustle. Listen close, darling, as I snatch your mindset, clarify your messaging, and drop marketing gems. When you roll with me, you'll gain confidence, clarity, and sales as you become the highest version of your yourself. Let's get this money. All right, we are recording. Hey, boo, hey. I'm so freaking excited to do this. Okay. All right. So I'm about to share my screen so we can all see what's happening. Okay. Hold on. Let's see what happens when I do that. All right. Wonderful. Okay. Hey, y'all. Hey. So today I'm going to be, this is going to be a tea time. I, I decided to like call this tea time because I really want to just spill the tea and share with you guys the things that I have done and things that I've helped other people do to build a profitable and sustainable business online. And it's so funny because um, I was actually just talking to one of my clients today and like she's in serve and sell and she literally had, um, you know, what nine consultations and already closed half of them and it's like dang sis okay like she is really putting to like action the things that i'm about to share with you guys today so i'm super excited all right so for those of you that don't know me oh see this is going to be the hard part right here is letting people in anyway okay Cause see now I just stopped. I didn't mean to not. Okay. Hopefully now people can just enter without me having to let them in. All right. Woo. All right. So for those of you that don't know me, I think most of the people here do know me, but there are a few new faces. So I'm gonna introduce myself. Hey boo, hey, my name is Kay. I'm a digital marketing strategist. I specialize in social media marketing. Um, I'm a photographer, I'm a business coach, and I'm a new mom to baby King. And that's my dog, Benzie, who is probably gonna go crazy because there are people down the stairs. Sorry about that. Okay, so I wanna share with you guys like a brief story on how I got to where I am today. And this is so relevant because um, you'll see why it's relevant in a second. But so the way that I started off with my business is um, I used to be in med school. Um, a lot of people, some of you guys have heard this, but I am a med school dropout. Um, I went to med school for about a year and a half-ish before I decided one day that like this was not for me. Um, I spent so many nights like in school just crying like crying my heart out because i was like this didn't feel right you know i had grown up all my life assuming well not even assuming but people had told me like oh you know you're supposed to be a doctor you're supposed to be a doctor and so that's what i was doing right i was on this path to become a doctor i, I did undergrad i did all the things ended up in med school and i just really really hated it i, I really struggled um and for me i really struggled because 
I was not allowed to connect with people, right? So um, at the school that I was going to, um, we had these little things where we would get tested. And basically they would say like, you know, if you're spending too much time with the patient, like get out of the room, like we need to cycle people through. And it's like, for me, I want to talk. I want to have a conversation. I want to, you know, like that's why I'm doing this Zoom because I love conversations and community and just facilitating, facilitating a safe space. So anyway, needless to say that just, it didn't sit right in my spirits. So I had to leave. So when I left med school, I came back home and um, I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to go to grad school and just try to figure it out. Right. So I'm in grad school and um, I get married and I, the hardest thing that happened to me was after I finished grad school, I came up to Atlanta and I could not find a job to save my life. Nobody would hire me. Everybody was like, oh, you're overqualified. Or in some cases I was underqualified because they wanted somebody with experience, right? But I didn't have any experience because I was just finishing school. So I went through this whole thing and it was just super stressful because I was already going through stuff in my personal life. Then I'm getting married. So that's a stressful situation. And then on top of that, your girl can't get a job. So I can't make no money. So I have all these bills that are like mounting up, right? Because we all make bad decisions in college. And so I have all these bills mounting up and I could not make any, I, I couldn't get a job. Right. So at that point I started driving for Uber and I started driving for Instacart and I'm not gonna lie, this is probably like, when I think about that time, that's the most humbling time of my life. It's the most humbling experience of my life because I, I found myself feeling like, wow, you know, I'm so qualified, right? I did everything right. You know, I went to school, I, you know, got married. I did like, you know, you do everything in order. And here I am driving for Uber and Instacart. And for me, like, I won't call it a rock bottom moment, but it was pretty darn close <laughs> to a rock bottom moment for me because it just made me really sit back and evaluate my life and be like, you know what? This did not go the way that I thought it was gonna go at all. Um, and so I started driving, Benz, Benz, it's okay. Um, so I started driving for Uber and Instacart and I probably did that for about three months before I realized like, all right, girl, you gotta, you gotta figure something out. Like I had to make my own way because clearly the job prospects were not lining up. Um, you know, I wasn't getting, you know, requests, you know, nobody was trying to do an interview with me or whatever. And even when I did do the interview, I never got the job. So I was like, all right, you need to figure something out. So at that point I bought a camera. Okay. And this is the start of my first business, <laughs> me buying this camera. Benz, Benz, it's okay. Lord have mercy. Um, but I bought this camera and um, I bought it on, um, I think I bought it on Craigslist, Craigslist. And it was like the cheapest little camera, but I just swore I was a photographer. So I had my friends, you know, let me like photograph their, um, <laughs> their uh, bridal shower. I photographed the baby shower. I just started photographing random things and my photos were so terrible. I wish I would have like sit, pulled some so you guys could see like how bad it really was. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna make something shake. I am officially a photographer. And um, I didn't know what to do, right? I didn't know like how to find clients or anything, but I knew that people were doing stuff on social media. So I started getting on Instagram and Facebook and I started marketing my business on there. Now I'm gonna say this, with my photography business, the only thing I've ever done is use Instagram and Facebook. I haven't done anything else besides Instagram and Facebook. I mean, of, cur of course, referrals and stuff, but Instagram and Facebook have been my go-to. And that's what helped me realize, wow, social media is a great way for us to market our businesses in a way that's actually really easy and not super, like not high pressure, right? 
And so I started marketing my business, you know, on Instagram, on Facebook, you know, just posting all the time, having conversations with people, you know, DMing people. Like I would full out DM people. When I think back to like some of the messages I sent, I'm just like, oh my gosh, Kay, no baby. But like I was DMing people. I was just like, you know what? I have to make something work. Like I have to do something. And so I um, started to Tanisha's laughing. Yeah, girl. Like I just had to, I don't know. I needed, I needed a dollar and I was tired of driving for Uber. And at at a certain point, Uber actually became kind of dangerous to me. Like, you know, having people come in and out of my, my car, like, mm, no. So, um, that actually, you know, I I had to let that one go. And I I still did Instacart for a while afterwards. Um, but girl, the hustle was real. And listen, I'm gonna be honest. Like this is me being real. If it ever got hard for me again, I would go back and start driving for Uber and Instacart. I think a lot of people won't say that because it's like, oh, I, I made this much money and I'm so perfect, blah, blah, blah. But listen, ain't nobody too proud to jump in no car and go deliver groceries or whatever I got to do because mama's got to eat and my baby got to eat. And that's just being real, you know? So I don't want this to sound like I'm just coming from this, oh, I got it all together kind of situation. No, nine times out of 10, most business owners that you know, most business owners that you see in some shape or form, we go through all these random cycles in our business, right? So this is not for me to act like I just got it all together. I'm just really just sharing with you guys my actual experience. Um, So built this business, built my photography business on Instagram. I finally got better at taking pictures. As you can see, Lib's photo and Tanisha's photo are both photos that I've taken. Yes. (laughs) Um, So obviously I got better at taking pictures, but um, so after I started this photography business, I started getting clients who were asking me like, how was I doing it on social media? Okay. Cause I was literally like that whole business came from social media. And so when I would have, when I would photograph my clients, they would say like, you know, how are you doing it? How'd you grow this social media page? How are you getting clients? Whatever, whatever. And that led me to starting my social media marketing agency. So that's business number two that I have. Um, and that business as well, besides the people that I spoke to in person, all my clients for that agency have happened using Instagram and Facebook. Um, so that is like, thing number two. And then the last thing that I started doing, I started coaching, right? Because I started to create and cultivate this community on social media where I was like, you know what? People are asking me all these questions. Why not deliver the knowledge and expertise that I have to them on a, on a bigger platform? And so now I do coaching. So that is my third business. Now I started all these businesses and I started them like one after the other. And one thing that I'm going to say is that (laughs) this worked for me for about a year and a half until I got pregnant. When I got pregnant, my life, like in full honesty, like full transparency, I feel like my life kind of ended because in my mind, I didn't know and I didn't see other moms that were successfully building and running businesses while like simultaneously, you know, being a full-time like present mom. And I think the pandemic really exposed a lot of mompreneurs because I never saw it, right? Like a lot of the people that I follow, I never, I never saw them really talk about or them show how they were juggling having kids, one kid, two kids. Well, I don't care how many kids. I didn't see them showing how they were juggling the kids with their business. Um, and even now, I still feel like a lot of people keep those kind of things separate, which is why I'm really intentional about showing how I'm doing things because it's helpful, right? It's helpful for those of us who are moms and who are trying to figure out how to do it. It's helpful for us to see that. And so when I got pregnant, you know, and then after that, the pandemic hit, I 
like a lot of people don't know this, but I actually decided to quit. A lot of you guys saw me go missing from social media. And it's really because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go get a job. You know, I'm going to figure it out because I was thinking in my mind, I need something stable, right? I need a stable job because I got a baby now, right? Trying to be responsible or whatever, right? <laughs> and so I went through this whole spiral where I was like, yeah, I'm done. So at that time, I closed my agency. So when I got pregnant, I closed down my social media marketing agency and I only did photography. And then I did a little bit of coaching like on the side. Um, and I just made that work for, you know, the whole pregnancy. But during the pandemic, things just kind of shifted for me. And I'm going to talk about some of the things that shifted for me in a little bit. But um, yeah, for you, <laughs> for you, yes. Um, but, you know, after I um, decided, okay, everything's closed down and then you know, the pandemic happened, I had the baby, I was like, all right, I'm ready to do this. And I'm going to share with you guys like a few things that I truly believe um, were the things that pushed me over the edge, so that I would be able to show up fully, not only in my business, but as a mom. So first off, I had a serious mindset shift. So I've gone through all this stuff, right? I went through the whole cycle of, wow, I'm driving for Uber, even though I got two whole degrees, I'm, you know, building this business and boom, I'm pregnant. And it's like the worst pregnancy in the world, which it really was. Like my pregnancy was super traumatic, which is another thing that I didn't share with a lot of people, but I had a really traumatic pregnancy and a traumatic delivery. And so um, it was just really hard. Like I don't have to go into the details because I'm sure a lot of you moms have had a lot of different scares during your pregnancy, but it was just a lot for me. And at the time I was like, yeah, the business got to go and I need to figure out something stable. Right. But once everything calmed down and I got out of my own my own way, I, I had this um, mindset shift in really understanding and figuring out like, okay, I think that was the chat. Me too, sis, I completely understand. Yes, girl, like, yeah. Pregnancy and delivery, that's a whole situation, right? <laughs> but, the, um, but the mindset shift I had, the first one I had is really figuring out what makes me unique. And a lot of people, um, I think that we talk about like, oh, who's your ideal client and what is it that you do and all kind of stuff. But I think a lot of times we sleep on the simple things that make us really unique. And so for me, I know for a fact that what makes me unique is my ability to create and facilitate a safe space and a safe community, right? I'm very big and I'm very intentional about making people feel seen, heard, valued, respected, right? I'm very intentional about that. And coupled with that, I'm actually really good at what I do. Like, I have three businesses and I'm good at every single thing, like, you know, within those businesses that I need to be an expert in. Right. And so for me, what I realized is that I had to sit down and own what made me unique. I'm also, most of us here are believers. Right. And so I took a spiritual gifts test and I've talked about this before, but for those of you that, those of you that don't know, I took a spiritual gifts test and I found out that my number one gift is exhortation, which is encouragement. And when I realized that it really helped me shift and realize all I got to do is be black and show up, right? <laughs> That's all I got to do. I just got to be my black self and show up authentically, right? Just show up authentically and encourage other people. And people love that, right? People love that. Lib, Lib loves me so much, y'all. I don't know if y'all see her on here, but Lib, like I stand for Lib. Lib is my boo. And like, I, she's someone else that has also like brought that out in me because Lib was actually the first person I knew I was pregnant, which is so funny. That's like a funny story. But, um, <laughs> oh, hold on. It's true. Yes. Yes. I know. So, so yes, I took the spiritual gifts test and I really just got crystal clear on what makes me unique. And so I really encourage all of you to take the spiritual gifts test to figure out 
you know, what is your, your gift and see if it's something that you can use in your business, but also to really sit down and think about like, what really makes you unique? Like what makes you the best service provider or the best coach? What is that thing that's about you? And it can be simple. I think a lot of times we want to make it something that's super dramatic, but to me, I think about it this way. What makes Chick-fil-A unique is not that they have the best chicken sandwiches because they don't, right? What makes them unique is their customer service, right? The way they make you feel. And I feel the same way about myself. I may not be the world's best photographer or the world's best coach, but what I am really good at is making you feel comfortable in front of the camera. I do create a safe space for you if you're in a coaching container with me so that you feel like you're part of a community and that you have a family, right? And so that's what makes me unique and being really intentional because I'm really intentional about that, I know that that's a selling point for me, right? For people to work with me, that's a selling point. So that's thing number one. I had to have that mindset shift to understand that like what makes me unique doesn't have to be something that's like I can make glitter come out of my behind, right? It doesn't have to be all that. It just, it just, it's me, right? The next thing I had to do, this next mindset shift, and this one was really hard for me. It was super hard for me, actually. When I think about it, I kind of like get a little emotional because like, dang, like this one was really hard. But I had to decide what kind of life I truly wanted to live and not what I saw everybody else doing or what other people were saying was like popular. I had to really decide like, what is my true measure of success? And for me, it looked like not having to work as much. Thanks, Tanisha. Yes, that's the exact test. Thank you so much. Um, but I had to decide like that just because other people were having, you know, $100,000 launches and like doing all these big things, like that didn't mean that because I wasn't doing the same thing that I was a loser or I wasn't a great coach or I wasn't a good photographer because my calendar wasn't booked out two years, right? Like, my calendar is booked out every month. That's all that matters, right? Like <laughs> my, I'm, I'm always having to tell people, oh, I'm sorry, here's a referral, whatever. Like that, that to me is success, you know, being able to pick and choose who I work with and not feeling like I have to take on every client because I need the money. That is what success looks like to me. It doesn't look like, oh, having these grand, you know, six figure launches or all that kind of stuff. And at one point I really felt like because I wasn't having those things, I wasn't getting, you know, where I was supposed to be, or I wasn't getting what I needed. But the truth of the matter is, is that I don't want to work, right? Like let, let's say, tell me tomorrow that I can be a housewife and that's it, baby. Bye. Like nobody will see me ever again, because I will be sitting down on the sofa eating grapes and watching a kid, you know? So it's just like that, like for me, the I, I really just want to, to rest and relax. But if I have to work, I really want to be showing up and serving people without feeling like, oh, dang, I really need to make, you know, a billion dollars or I'm a loser, right? And so I sat down and I really journaled and I'm not a big journaler. Um, that's just something about me. I'm just not huge on journaling, but I did actually journal what kind of life I wanted to live. And I was very surprised by some of the things that I thought because in, in my mind, we see people post these things on social media and it's like, wow, that's what success looks like, but it doesn't always look like that for you. And there's so much value in just saying, hey, I just want to start a business where I can replace my nine to five so that I don't have to go into work and I can stay home. Right. Or just saying like, Hey, I just want to have a business where we can take extra vacations without it coming out of our, you know, household money or whatever. Right. It doesn't have to be this grand thing or grand reason why we're starting a business or why we're, why, why we are maintaining our business. Um, and the last mindset shift for me that I had is that um, I really sought out a community. Okay, Blue, I'm gonna come back to your question. Um, but so 
the last thing for me, oh, you know what? No, let me answer that question right now because actually that was a good point with where we are. So question was, Kay, how do you figure out the difference between being content and possibly settling for a smaller life? So for me, right? And I'm, I'm gonna speak for me specifically. And I, I do push people when it comes to like goal setting, but the first thing that you need to do is to figure out what it is that you actually desire, right? What is the big picture thing that you actually desire? W once you have that, once you have that starting point, then you can set goals. And if it's smaller than the life that you that you're actually desiring, then you are you're you're trying you're playing content, right? You're you're just staying in a small stuck space. But your goal should always scare you. They say scare you. I say they should stretch you, right? Your goal should always be something that is stretching you to try something new. And it may be a little scary, but it's more so an excitement than a fear, right? And so for me, when I'm setting goals or when I'm thinking about like, oh, am I am I dreaming as big as I possibly could? It really is, yes, Tanisha, they should stretch you. Like, I always think like, okay, if my goal was, let's just say, you know, $200, right? To make $200 this week. If that doesn't feel like anything to me, if it doesn't like, if, if it doesn't phase me, if I know I could make that, you know, in one second, then my, my goal needs to be bigger, right? And so I, I really believe when it comes to setting goals, just think like, is this stretching me, right? Is this encouraging me? Is this pushing me to try something new or do something different? If it's not, then you're probably being content and you should rethink that goal and make it something a little bigger so that you can stretch towards that. Um, okay, so the last thing that I did with my mindset was um, I, oh, dang, I, I'm sitting up here reading Maisha's message. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so the last thing I did is that I sought out community. Now, this is like a side note, but I had to share that I sought out a community, especially because, you know, as moms, for those of you that are moms, um, it can be really hard and you can feel like you're doing life alone. And so it was really important for me, especially after I had the baby and I'm home by myself, you know, that I surrounded myself with high powered women that were also moms because then they could understand exactly what it is that I was going through. So the next thing for me was planning. Now planning has been huge in my business, but it's not something that I was doing at the beginning. But when I started being intentional about planning in my business, that's when I started to see the money that I wanted to make. And when I realized that I wasn't having to work as hard as I thought I did. So when I first started my business, I was working around the clock. And listen, I can't do that anymore. First off, I'm almost 30. I know some of you guys here are older than me. It's okay, but I really feel like 30 plus, like we need to be sipping margaritas somewhere. Like we need to be not even pressed and stressed out and doing nothing. Like we need to be chilling, working as little as possible, but making as much as, as we possibly can. So um, now I'm just in this phase where I'm just like, listen, I don't have time to be just spending in my business all day long. And that's what I used to do. I used to, I mean, y'all saw it, y'all saw it. Remember I used to do those little, um, dang, I wish I had one. I had like little pieces of paper. Dang, I wish I had one. Anyway, I would have a piece of paper like this and I would fold it. And then I would go through and I would write this long to-do list of all the things that I wanted to do that day. And I'd be so proud. I'd be posting in my stories like, this is what I'm gonna do today. This is my to-do list, blah, blah, blah. And half that stuff would never get done. And then I would be so overwhelmed. Yeah, Kay, you remember those posts. Um, <laughs> but I would be like so stressed and bent out of shape, right, about doing all these things. But 
One thing that I've realized now is that I really didn't have an intentional plan back then for how I was going to grow and succeed in my business. So the first thing, um, and a lot of this stuff happened really after I had the baby or like when I was pregnant. So a lot of stuff will have like mom, you know, pregnancy references. But um, the first thing for me was I created a plan and I got my husband, the godparents, the grandparents, I just got everybody on board to support me so I could make time to work on my business. Um, now, this is something that I still struggle with. Because truth be told, I'm pretty sure a lot of you moms feel the same way. Can't nobody watch my baby as well as I can. Like, I'm the best baby watcher. I don't, you know, whatever. So, and maybe this is like baby number one kind of, you know, mentality. I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, like, I, I want to do it all. Um, but one thing that I have realized and understand is that there's no way, right? There's no way. It's, it's overwhelming. There's a lot of things that we have to do in our businesses and as moms that we do need that dedicated time to separate things out. So now I'm really intentional about getting other people on board to help me. Now, there's only there's only a core group of people, especially because COVID is still real and I ain't got time for the foolishness. Um, but one thing that I do is I break up my schedule into days. And I don't know if I put a slide here, but I'm going to go ahead and jump to that. Oh, yeah, I do have a slide for that. So I'll talk about this. So currently what my schedule looks like is that I only work roughly 16 hours a week. And it's actually less. I just pulled my quarter one. Um, report. And I only worked 150 hours this last quarter, which is darn good. Like I was like, I mean, it's, it's a lot lower than I thought it was. So um, what I do is on Sundays, I sit down and I batch work. And so for those of you who have a life, right, for those of you who are busy or have kids, I really, really, really suggest that you find one day a week that you can have an eight hour stretch and do everything in that batch. And when I say I work 16 hours, I mean, like, this is including my agency. This is including me doing photography and me um, editing photos. This includes me making social media posts and social media graphics for my clients. This includes coaching, right? Um, so what I do is on Sundays, that's when I batch work. So for anything that I can get ahead of, like maybe it's writing emails, maybe it's creating content for my clients. Maybe it is, um, I'll do client calls on Sundays, right? I've, I've, I've transitioned some of people over to doing client calls on Sundays. Um, whatever it is though, whatever I can batch in this eight hour stretch of time, I do everything in that time because somebody has the baby and that's what I need. I need an eight hour block somewhere for somebody else to have the baby and for me to actually be intentional about my work. And the funny thing is, is that once I started doing this, I actually found that I was only spending six hours on Sunday working and then the other two hours I take a nap. I don't say this to Tay, you know, and I have to whisper because he's in the other room, but like, seriously, I go take a nap because your girl is tired. So I work for six hours and then I take a nap. All right. So anyway, um, so after that, you know, I still figure out eight hours somewhere else throughout the week um, to work. Okay. I see you guys talking in the, in the chat. Hold on. Batching is live. Yes. Those naps. Oh my gosh. Those naps be so clutchy. Um, <laughs> so um, after I do the eight hours throughout the week, I break my days up and I set really hard. So two days a week, I do client work and I have like client calls. Um, then there's, okay, I think she muted herself. Then uh, one day a week, I do a CEO, a CEO day, which is a day that I just like, maybe I'll do reports for myself. Maybe I will, um, you know, like, like today, I'm, I currently did uh, pulling on my quarter one reports, pulling out my monthly reports, things like that. Um, I have a content creation day and then I have a catch up day. 
but I set really hard boundaries around all these days. Like if somebody wants to do a client call on a day that's not a client call day, I can't do it, right? Because a lot of times I usually have like a little bit of support from somebody that can like help me watch the baby or whatever I need them to do while I'm doing, um, while I'm doing a client call. So and then sometimes King's on the calls, but my clients understand if they pick one of those weird times that he's awake or whatever, that he'll be at the call. So that's how my life kind of currently works and currently flows for me to be able to work around the baby. But I'm only working 16 hours a week and sometimes even less. Like I think this week, I'm pretty sure I work less than 16 hours, which is great because I don't want to work that much anyway. So it just, it works itself out. Um, the next thing with planning is I wrote out my financial and business goals. So I see a lot of my aligned life mastermind ladies here, and you guys know how big I am on financials and business goals. And so um, I got really intentional about writing out these goals, and I'm really intentional about every single month. Sydney's <laughs> just laughing, yeah, because she knows I'm big on my little spreadsheets, but it's so helpful because you're able to see like where you are in your business and what you need to do to get to the next step. So that's where I'm talking about creating a marketing plan and KPIs. And if this sounds like really high level, like don't worry, I, I break this, I'm gonna break this stuff down for you. But um, it's just really important that we have a plan and that we are measuring things as we go along in our business. Um, because the truth of the matter is, is that business is a numbers game, right? Like you can really just reverse engineer your goals and hit them. If you know what your goal is, you know what things you need to do to reach that goal. And if you know how to measure each milestone, right? The last thing is I figured out where I would need support and where I could streamline with systems. So for me, I realized that one thing that I needed support with in my business, and it's actually two, two things. One is that um, I needed support with editing, right? I'm a photographer, but I, I don't always have time to edit. So some of my sessions, I have somebody else edit them. Then in my social media management agency, I needed help with graphics. So Alicia, she's actually here on the call. Um, she does the graphics for like two or three of my clients over there. So I figured out where I needed support and I went and just, I invested in support because that's the only way that I'm gonna be able to grow and actually do the things that I need to do without stressing myself out. I don't have time. Like we don't have time to stress ourselves out. And I used to think, oh, I have to do this business all by myself. And you know, oh, I'm a solopreneur, blah, blah, blah. Girl, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Because being a solopreneur will have you so tired and so bent out of shape. And it's just, it's kind of ridiculous, right? We don't need to live our lives like that. So um, let me see, because I think I saw something come through the chat and then I'm gonna talk about something else. Yeah, Alicia is so good, y'all. Like Alicia is so good at graphics. Thank God for her, because your girl will be struggling. Okay, so I have these three businesses, right? And um, and if you guys have any questions, feel free to like put them in the chat. Um, I do have questions that people ask me prior to this, um, me putting this together. So I'll be answering those at the very end. But if you have questions about like just how I got to where I am, how I help other people, like feel free to ask those questions because we have time because I'm like booking it to make sure I have time for questions. Okay. So the like number one strategy that I have been using, and this is a strategy that I teach every single person to use so that they can, so that I could create a profitable but sustainable business, right? Because again, we don't want to get in business. We don't want to do business to always be working. The idea is that at a certain point, we should be more hands-off. We shouldn't have to work as much. Like right now, I'm down to 16 hours of work. Your girl's trying to get down to 10 hours of work. And then I will be like, this is perfect. Like, this is the perfect, um, perfect life for me, you know? So anyway, 
income stacking. Income stacking is the number one thing you will see this in every single person's business. Anybody that you know and love, they do some sort of income stacking in their business. So what this looks like is basically you are making it to where you have diversified your income within your business. So you're not just, um, you know, growing your business with one offer or one specific type of product or service. And you're also diversifying how often people are able to pay you. That way you can get paid multiple times. So once I figured out how to do this, I was able to grow and scale and make more money without doing a ton of work. So I went from working literally around the clock to now, if I work 16 hours in a week, like I've worked a lot. So what this looks like is basically you have three offers. And in this example, I'm gonna keep it really simple, but like mine, mine is a little more complicated than this, but we're going to keep it here. So what it looks like is you're going to have one offer and this offer is going to be like something that's monthly. People are going to pay for this monthly. So maybe it's a membership group. Maybe it's a program and you do like three month payments, whatever it is, that's your first offer. So for three months, you know, you're getting this amount. So we're going to say a thousand dollars a month, right? So you know that you're going to be making $3,000 over the next three months. And you know that, you know, each month you'll be getting a thousand dollars from whatever person. So then the next month, you're going to promote a second offer. So this is going to be an entirely new offer. And maybe that payment plan, and, and here I didn't keep on writing the, the months, but we're going to say that this payment plan is also three months. Okay, so maybe this is like your signature service. So Tanisha's here, so she's a VA, right? So maybe her signature, signature service is a three-month package. So for three months, she knows she's getting that. So she already has offer one that's going for three months. And then she assigned another client that has offer two going for three months. Now for me, offer three is always a six month package because you want there to be, you want to be, or sorry, you want to have a package that's lasting you a longer amount of time, like six months. And usually it's somebody that's graduating from one of your other offers. So this is offer three. Now that probably didn't make any sense. So I'm going to tell you, like, I'm going to give you an example of how I do this inside of all of my businesses. So for my photography business, what this looks like is I sign brides, right? I have a bride. She's my client. She's paying, you know, monthly or she's paying, you know, however her payment plan is. But then I also have um, a bundle where people can pay for six photo shoots. So they can pay for six sessions. It's one price, but I break it up over six months. So now I'm getting revenue over time from this bundle, from weddings, and then I have one-off sessions. And that's how I'm able to stack my income. So at all times, I know that I'm getting money from a bride and I'm getting money from a six-month bundle. And then I can just throw in extra shoots as I feel like it. And that's how I income stack, okay? For the social media marketing agency. So for those of you who have, those of you that are service providers, this would work really well for you. So I have monthly retainer contracts that are a minimum of three months. So I know, you know, for three months. And for those of you that are a service provider and your contracts aren't three months, you definitely need to have a three-month contract unless your service is like a one and done. Um, but if you're like a VA, social media manager, things like that, it needs to be a three-month contract. So um, I have these three-month contracts. Then from this three-month contract, I'm upgrading them into a six-month contract, again, because I want people to be paying over a longer amount of time. Um, after they've done a three-month contract with me, like they know I'm the bomb. Like They know I'm the bomb.com. They know I'm able to do whatever they need, whatever they need help with. Like They know I got them. So they're going to upgrade into that six-month package, and that allows me to have more longevity and knowing that I'm having a certain amount coming into my business. 
Um, and then also with the agency, I may offer like one-off audits or like one-off services. And that, that allows me to stack my income over there. Um, the last thing with coaching. So those of you that have like a coaching business or, you know, maybe you offer like some sort of digital products and things like that. Um, what you can do is you can offer like, um, let's just say you have a, a group program. So you can take people through a group program where they're paying monthly, you know, maybe over three months or six months, then you can have like, um, so for me, I have a membership and that membership is something every single month, people are paying into this membership every single month. So, okay, sorry, I had to let somebody in. All right, so people are paying over every single month for this membership. And then the other thing is like VIP days. And this may be like one-off sessions, things like that. So yeah, Tanisha, <laughs> Tanisha Gladly, you're so funny. So, you know, anyway, long story short, the important thing to do in your business is to figure out how you can set up recurring revenue steadily with multiple offers so that you know you're always getting paid from a certain channel every single month, right? You want to make sure that we're diversifying because a lot of times we try to start off with like, okay, this is my one offer. This is my one service. And while yes, we do need to be promoting one offer at a time. One thing that I found that's worked beautifully for everybody is to have three offers that you're constantly cycling people through and constantly like, okay, this month I'm promoting this offer. Next month I'm promoting this offer. That way you have two ways to get paid that month versus just relying on one way to get paid. So I hope that made sense. I hope that was like, clear because this was game changing for me. Like seriously, it was game changing. Um, and I still like, even right now, um, I'm like thinking through my offers, like, okay, what can I upgrade? What can I change? What can I add more value to so that I can make more? You know, of course we want to make more in our business. So really like think about how you can change up your product suite so that you can do more income stacking for your business. So I wanted to share a few mistakes that one, I have made, but two, that I see a lot of people that come to me making in their business when they're trying to grow and scale and they're like super busy, like your life is busy. Maybe there's a lot of chaos. You have kids, whatever, right? Number one is not knowing what your priorities are and where you need to focus. So it's so important that we focus on income producing activities when we are busy, right? When you have the luxury of maybe like you don't have kids like and, and that's like the easiest one for me to say because now that i'm on the other side i'm like dang i was really hard on moms before um and i apologize to any mom that's on here and i was like real hard on you i'm so sorry that i was hard on you before because baby you should have just told me um <laughs> but like we really need to prioritize income producing activities what things are actually making you money and you will be surprised that at some of the things that we're doing that's not making us money right while posting on social media, yes, it does make you money. It's really important to be intentional about what posts you're putting out there because a lot of times we put posts up just to put things up or just to say that we did it, but it's not actually bringing us clients. If you're trying to really say, okay, I'm gonna use social media, really focus on testimonials and content that really shows people the transformation. Anything else is just extra, right? So you wanna be showing um, before and afters. You want to be sharing your clients' testimonials. You want to show them like, hey, this is what the experience looks like to work with me or or what it's like, you know, with my service or how things will change with my service, whatever it is, right? Being really intentional on the type of content that you're creating. Also with income producing activities, it's important that when you know what your priorities are, that you delegate everything else. So like I said before, editing and graphics, those things, like they don't directly produce income for me, right? Now it's it's part of what I have to do as part of my job, but Kay herself doesn't have to do that. And so um, for you, whatever your business is, 
I know it may be hard sometimes to let go of certain things in your business, but I'm telling you now, if you really want to grow and scale, if you really want to get to the next level, it's time that you invest in a team member or somebody to support you, even if it's just a contractor for one-off projects or smaller things to get done but really prioritizing or really understanding what is a priority for you to do versus what somebody else could do for you in your business. Mistake number two is not having a plan. Okay. I didn't talk a ton about having a plan because I feel like I talk about this a lot and I see quite a few of my mastermind booze in here and I know they're like sick of me and plans, but seriously, if you don't have a plan, like if you don't have a solid marketing plan, if you don't know what to track, um, if you don't know how to track like what's going on in your business, then you won't know what's broken. You won't know what's actually working and you won't know where to focus, right? Again, going back to the priorities thing, you need to know what your priorities are. So I just ran my quarter, my quarter one report. And I just realized after doing all that, that there's an offer that I have that I'm no longer going to offer anymore because it's a waste of time. It's not making me any money. And a lot of times, we continue to promote something or we continue to, you know, work in this one area on this one thing, but we don't need to do that because it's not actually working for our business. And so it's really important that we are just mindful of what's going on. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Boop. There we go. Yeah. I love that quote. So yes, having a plan so that you can actually track what's going on in your business and especially for your marketing efforts. For those of us that are marketing on social media, it's even more important for us to know what's going on because no, like you don't have time to waste creating posts or engaging with people or whatever. Like if you're engaging with people on social media and you don't have um, a lead tracker, you're already like behind. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm just saying like, there's so much that goes into engaging with people on social media that it's really important that we track these leads and we track our conversations with them so that we can actually know if they're worth us to continue even engaging or having a conversation with. Um, I don't know how to bring the chat back. Okay, there we go. Is it back to stop? Oh, is it okay to stop something mid-offer? Heck yeah, I stop stuff mid-offer all the time, boo. You can definitely stop something mid-offer. I, I, I do that all the time because truth be told, especially when like you're not getting any traction and you know, like you start to feel like, okay, yeah, this doesn't feel right at all. Take a step back. Now, what I will say is that if you're in the middle of a launch, don't stop. Like if you're in the middle of launching something, let the launch finish and then reassess, right? And so um, like, let, like right now I'm currently working on a launch. If like midway through, you're going to go through this thing called a mid-launch slump. And in the middle of your launch, you're going to feel like, oh my gosh, nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Nobody likes my posts. I'm just crazy, you know? So when that happens, keep going because it's, it's just a slump. People are still watching what you're doing. So you still want to carry it through to the end. But once you finish that launch, then you can decide like, okay, I'm no longer going to offer this anymore, you know, and, and let it be that. Do you have subcontractors? If so, how do you communicate with them and keep them on task? Uh, Tanisha, I'm going to answer that at the end. Good question. If I don't see it, like put it back in the chat. OMG, you're dropping so many jewels. Thank you, boo. I love it. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to go fast too. So like, sorry, y'all. Um, which leads me to step three, trying to rush the process. So a lot of times we are rushing the process. Okay. I've been in business since 2017 and last year was the first year that I was like truly, truly profitable. Um, and profitable means a lot of different things to be to different people. But to me, profitable is, um, basically like I made what I wanted to make 
plus some. And after I like ran my expenses and did my P&Ls, like my profit and loss, I made a huge profit. So one thing that I'll say is that a lot of times we're trying to rush the process. We're trying to rush and it's like, I started my business yesterday, boom, I want you know $10,000 a month tomorrow. And that's not how it works, right? It's a growing process and it does take a lot of work to get where we're trying to go. Um, one thing that I missed from my story is, and, and I, I think I kind of said it a little bit, but I worked around the clock when I first started my when I first started these businesses. And I'm just now getting to the point where I don't have to work as much, but it's only because I have people to help me, right? I outsource certain tasks so that I'm not tied to my computer or my phone. But your girl eyes, like my eyes are like, they burn a lot. So I have to, and, that, and that's another reason why I've cut how much I'm working because I'm constantly looking at a screen, right? And I know they have those like beta blocker glasses or whatever, I'm, I'm getting some of those. But it's just like, it's not healthy, right? It's not healthy for us to be tied to computers or spending so much time working in our business. And just like, you know, when we had our nine to fives, our employers had other people that worked for them. We need the same thing for our businesses to act for it to actually be sustainable. Even if it's just one person, even if you only hire a virtual assistant or someone to help you make graphics or someone to manage your social media, like it's just important to have that support. Um, but also to remember not to rush the, rush the process, right? Like your success is inevitable if you just continue to show up. And I know it's easier said than done because you see people that pop up and like all of a sudden they've had you know, a 10K launch or a 20K launch. And you're like, dang, where did this come from? But behind that like 10K launch, like there was also a bunch of failed launches. So for me, I've launched three memberships. <laughs> this last one has been the successful one, but I've launched three memberships that they didn't flop, but they weren't the best memberships in the world. Like I didn't know how to market them. I didn't know who was supposed to be in them. I didn't know how, how to articulate the value. Like I was just all over the place with them. And so those memberships, flopped, right? But now this membership that I have, it's so strong. Uh, the people in there, they love the membership. I, I have a high level of engagement. Like it's just really nice, this this membership. Um, same thing with my mastermind. I've launched uh, three, no, I've launched three masterminds. One of them was a flop. And then the last two were amazing. And now this next mastermind, I know it's going to be bomb.com. And so it's just like, there are so many like else that you have to take as you go along the journey. And it's just important for us to not rush that process because there's so much that you learn about yourself first, but also about your business as you go through, through those growing pains, if that makes sense. Um, number four, not knowing your capacity. Okay. This is so crucial um, because the truth of the matter is, is that like you only have so much time and so much energy to do the things that you're trying to do. And so one thing that I know to be certain is that it's important to know how many clients you can actually take on, especially if you have, you know, kids, if you're, you know, still have your nine to five, whatever the situation is, it's important to know how many clients can I realistically take on at this time so that you're not feeling burnt out, especially if you don't have a team, um, especially if you're new in your business and you're still getting your systems in place, you don't want to take on, you know, 10 clients or, you know, sell, you know, like this huge offer if you know that you won't actually be able to deliver on it. Because the, the thing that I know to be certain is that when you give people a good service or a good value in your product, they're going to come back, right? They're going to come back more over and over and over again, and they're going to bring their friends. And you don't want to give someone like a crappy service or a crappy experience because you were just tired, right? You were overextended and 
now they never come back to you and they're, they're trash talking you to the whole world when you know that you're you're a person of integrity like you didn't mean for them to have a bad experience it's just that you're tired so i really um challenge you like for me i know for my agency at the size that we are now 90 percent of my clients referrals yeah me, um for my agency that's how i am too and so it's important to me that with the agency, I don't take on too many clients because even though I have people that are there to support me and help me in the agency, I, I give such high touch support that I don't want my clients to ever feel like, dang, Kane got no time for me. Like, no, sis, I got plenty of time for you because you pay me really, really good. So I got to love you. Like, I'm going to love on you so hard right now. So just it's really important to just know what your capacity is, um, even when you're like creating programs and stuff. Like, how many people can you actually take care of and, and respect and create space for in your group? As you guys can see, I love like group stuff and I'm really like intentional about that. So, yeah. Uh, and the last thing is trying to DIY everything. I think I've been talking about this over and over over again, but it's so true. We can't continue to DIY things in our business. At a certain point, you'll need to hire somebody to, you know, support you with client work, support you with whatever it is you need help with. It's just at a certain point, you can't keep DIYing stuff. You can't keep trying to Google how to, like, there's no such thing as Googling how to grow my business, right? Or how to scale to 10K, right? Yeah, you could Google it, but you're not going to find really good information and it's not going to be easy for you to apply it to your business. And so just don't, <laughs> don't try to DIY it. I promise you, like any investment you make, it's going to be worth it. Even if it's a, a lesson, right? Even if you make an investment, like I just recently made an investment. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. How can I say this? I just recently made an investment and upon actually like partaking in this investment, um, I realized that the person is not at a place where they can give me what I need. And so this is why I say it's important to know what your capacity is. Because one thing, I think that this person is a little bit overextended. And so they're not able to actually give me the help that I need. And one thing that I've learned is actually what not to do in my group coaching containers, which for me is a positive ROI. And I know that sounds weird because it's like I invested money to get a certain outcome, but I'm not getting it. But the truth of the matter is, is that by investing this amount, I'm able to see what not to do. And it's going to save my clients down the road, right? Because now I'm going to be able to show them what they shouldn't do. But there are a couple of things that are actually redeeming that I'll be able to pass along to someone else. So it's just really important to just not try to DIY things, but also to take like the good out of whatever situation that you are in when you do decide to invest, whether it's in a team member or a program or whatever. So... Um, the last thing is just a community. Um, I am so big on investing now. Last year, I invested full transparency. Last year, I invested 25498 28 or something like that. So $25,498 in my business. And that was between coaching, um, between like team members, which I started working with a team member. Alicia, when did I start working with you? I don't know. I think I started working with Alicia like in October-ish. Um, so that was between a team member and just like other investments that I made in my business. Um, and one thing that I will say is that when I started investing in a community and in a team, that's when like my business really just started to skyrocket. Um, and it's not to like say, oh, you have to like invest in order to make money. No, you don't have to. Yeah, November. Okay. So, no, um, I, and then I had like one other person I was working with before Alicia. So I think I started like investing in team in like September. Um, but before then it would just been like coaching and things. And so one thing I'll say is that like, 
when you invest in a community that's also invested in you, things start to shift, right? You're surrounded by people who like they actually are invested in your success, your growth. And it's a different experience than saying like, oh, I have a business bestie and we're just going to hold each other accountable, right? It's it's not the same. Like it just is not the same. And so when I started doing that, that's when things shifted for me. Now, before we do Q&A, because I will be remiss if I didn't talk about my mastermind, um, surround yourself with the people who can help you grow. Yes, yes, yes. And since we're talking about that, I was like, you know what? Let me talk about the mastermind. I was going to talk about it on this, but you know, I got to. So, um, the mastermind, uh, sorry, y'all, I keep getting sidetracked on my phone. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I have a mastermind that is launching. It actually launched like a couple of days ago. Um, but I'm just like officially starting, starting to talk about it now, but I have a mastermind. It's a six month program. And it's a high level mastermind for coaches, service providers, consultants who want to increase their impact and income. But most importantly, you want to have a life. Um, I'm really big this year on creating not work-life balance because I don't believe that exists, but I do believe that there is a way for us to create a business around our life. uh, Yeah. A business around our life, right? Where we're not, you know, spending all day long in our business and we're not able to enjoy our kids or enjoy like traveling, not that we can really go much anywhere, but you know, we should still be able to enjoy life however that looks for you, right? And so for me, this mastermind is gonna be really intentional about one, creating a plan, right? I already talked about this, creating a plan that's gonna give you your time back, okay? I If I can figure out how to get my schedule down to 16 hours, I promise you, you can. And I got my schedule down to 16 hours with three businesses. So I promise you, I promise, 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 we can get your schedule down if you feel like you're doing a lot of work in your business. If you're feeling overwhelmed or whatever, like I promise we can get that time. I can give you your time back. Um, I'm trying to get it down to 20 hours. Yes, girl, like that is so, especially for your business, Denisha, because you are building out an agency. So for those of you that I know, I can like spit out stuff, but um, especially as you're building out an agency, you can definitely get your working time down to 20 hours. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I will be helping you create like an income stacking strategy so that you can have recurring revenue. So you're not worried, right? Something that I didn't mention earlier is that I launched something in January and it's April and I haven't launched anything else. This is the first thing I've launched. And it's because I created an income stacking strategy where I don't have to launch. You know, a lot of times we feel like we have to constantly launch and constantly promote. I haven't promoted or launched a single thing since January. And I feel great. And I made, I made, uh, no, let me be honest. I am $2,000 short of the goal that I had for the quarter. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Like I still had a great life. Like I still enjoy, I still bought stuff. I, I paid for, for Tay's birthday in cash. Like, and that's a huge deal for me. Like, cause I mean, I have like a really bad money story and I had like a lot of credit card debt. Um, but I like paid for stuff for Tay for his birthday in cash. Like I really feel super empowered now. And it's because I was able to create this income st- stacking strategy for myself that allowed me to went to target. Oh Lord. Y'all be watching my stories. I forgot. Yes, I went to Target almost every day and every day I spent money. So yeah, (laughs) there's that. Um, But the last thing with this mastermind is that you're going to be surrounded with a community that gets it. And so for me, I'm only going to allow five women into this space because I want it to be intimate and I want it to be for women who are really just you, you really want to pour into and just rub elbows with other women that understand what it's like to have a busy life, to be a mom, to, you know, be a business owner and how to juggle all those things together while still like keeping your sanity, right? Because that's, that's the thing we're trying to figure out. Like, how do I maintain my sanity? 
And so that's going to be like what we cover in there. So now it's time for Q&A. I am going to drop the link to the mastermind in the chat if you want to apply. If not, it's not a big deal, boo. Like, I still love you. Um, so Tanisha, you had a question. Can you please drop your question again? I'm going to answer the questions that I got um, in the chat before. And I'm about to get the baby, y'all. Um, so I know you were going to go live about how you manage three businesses. And I want to know what was the turning point for you? Okay, I think I talked about the turning point. Uh, I'll put them in the group, put them in the group. Yay, King Sleep. Okay. So was I doing two, were you doing two businesses at once? And when did you know you needed or wanted to start coaching? Okay, so two businesses at once. Yes, I was doing two businesses at once. Um, what happened is that I started off with my photography business. Um, once I got that to a certain point where I felt really confident about like, oh, I'm getting these photography clients and I just felt comfortable with me actually shooting. Then I started taking on social media clients. Um, the jump from social media management to actually coaching took me a little bit longer. Um, I had this limiting belief about being a coach and I really felt like, oh, because at that point I hadn't made like 10K months and all that kind of stuff that I couldn't be a coach. But one thing that I've realized, and this is for anybody here, if you have experience and you've experienced success or you've experienced like a transformation and you're able to help even one other person get it, you owe it to yourself to at least explore the option of coaching, whether it's a program, one-on-one, -on -one, an ebook, whatever. You owe it to yourself to package your information up and sell it to other people if they want to take part, part in it. Now, of course, we have to have integrity, but I think we all owe it to ourselves to teach the next person so that we can help people not have to go through those same mistakes that we've already been through. Um, okay, Tanisha, I'm going to answer your question. So do I have sub subcontractors? If so, how do I communicate with them and keep them on task? I'm going to close the screen share because I don't have to leave it open. Um, but so um, subcontractors. Okay, I think technically I do. Alicia, would you be considered a subcontractor? What do you mean by subcontractors, Tanisha? Um, so what I have, I'll tell you what I have. What I do have is I have Alicia. She does graphics for me. And then I have um, somebody that does editing for me. Okay. Okay, so in that case, yes, I have subcontractors. So um, then I have somebody that does editing for me. I have, um, she's not technically a VA, but like she does VA stuff for me. Um, for me to communicate with them and keep them on task, I actually follow whatever they prefer. Um, I'm the kind of person that like, I want someone to respect my boundaries and like how I run my business when they work with me. So I do the same thing for them. Um, now, if they were my employee, I would do it differently. But for them, like, for example, with Alicia, I email her. So if I need something, if I need to communicate, I email her. And then we have um, a Google. Okay, yeah, Alicia just wrote it. Okay, yeah. Um, so we do email, and we do Boxer. Um, and then we also have a Google sheet where we're able to communicate, you know, with with any like updates and stuff that we need to have conversations about. Um, for the person that does things like VA stuff for me, um, I use Voxer with her as well, but I'm also really big on SOPs. So I actually have like, um, like a doc, like a Google doc. I'm, I'm big on Google doc too. Um, so I have a Google doc where she can find like how to do things. And then I use Asana and I will literally just, and this is what a lot of my agency clients do for, for my social media management agency. What I do with them is like, I create a, um, a task, like a, you know, to-do list inside of Asana. And if I need to communicate something to them, I put it there. That's that way it's all in one place and we can check it off and have conversations about it. Um, also with these people like Alicia, I do one call a month with her. Um, for my editor, um, it depends on how things work with my editor, but with her, I will probably meet with her 
maybe twice a month. I meet with her a little bit more because I usually have to send her more galleries and I need to give her feedback and stuff. So it's different with her. And then with my VA type person, um, which I mean, like she just does VA stuff for me, but like it's my, it's my sister. Um, and so, but I'm still very particular about how I communicate with her because um, I don't want her to not answer my calls. Like, you know, like, like just my look, she'll be thinking like, oh, she just calling me to do work. No. So I, I make her, we communicate through Voxer um, and then go that way. So I hope that answer your question. Um, and then, yeah, keeping them on task. I use Asana. That way I can, you know, see like where they are in progress. Um, so the next question I got earlier was, okay, yes, I'd want to know some resources that have helped you be able to operate all three at the same time, systems, automation, etc. Okay. So for me, I am like, not, I don't know if this is super old school, but like, I don't use anything super fancy. So for me to be able to manage all my businesses, the biggest thing that I use is Asana. I love Asana for helping me like just keep track of things. Um, I use email, of course, like if I'm trying to like remember something, I'll email stuff to myself. And then also besides that, I use Google, like Google Docs and Google Sheets a lot. And as far as like systems, like for automation, Dubsado. I use Dubsado for literally everything, um, even for the, the mastermind that I'm hosting. I was going to do a sales page. And then I was like, why? Because I can just make a Dubsado form. Yes, Dubsado is bay. I can make a Dubsado form. I put a video at the top of it. You guys just click on it. Like you don't have to like apply. But like if you click on it, you can see what I mean. Um, but I put, I put the Dubsado form. So at the top of it, it's a video talking about like the, the mastermind. And then below it is text where I just explain more about what the mastermind is. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And then other resources that I use, um, I take advantage of a lot of coaching um, from different people just because one, I'm really nosy and I want to know what other people are doing in their business. Um, and two, sometimes it's just really good to like get an outside perspective. So um, that's another reason why I do coaching as well. And I feel like that's a resource just because it's not something that you always have access to. Uh, question, how do you build a team? How do you manage to keep your sanity while doing so? Oh, Tanisha, I think this was, this was one was your question. Um, so as far as building a team, and I'm gonna talk about this from an agency standpoint, cause I know Tanisha, that's what you're currently building. Um, but when it came to building a team, um, I have been really intentional about just outsourcing things that I could do, but I don't wanna do. That's where I started at first. So I can do graphics, but I don't wanna do graphics. So I outsourced that. Um, I can do, you know, like invoicing and all that kind of stuff, but I don't want to do that. So I outsource that. That's where I would start when you're building out um, a team. Now, there are experts out there. Um, one, one expert that I am getting ready to start working with is, um, I think her name is Tiana Tai. Um, I can DM you her, her information. Um, and then there's another girl named um, Tatiana O'Hara. And both of them talk a lot about um, building a team and communications and stuff like that with your team. I think they would probably be a better resource for that. But so far, my team is the bomb. Like, I don't think it get, could, I mean, it can get better than this because I'll add more people, but I don't like, I wouldn't replace anybody that I have with someone else. Um, so I think that, but I think also it's because I didn't hire somebody to do something that I couldn't do. Um, because I feel like right now where I am in my business, it would be too much of a headache for me to have to like figure out how to articulate those kind of things or those tasks. So um, I really just kind of duplicated myself. Like where can I, who can I hire to duplicate me? And that's where I went. And then as far as not losing my sanity um, while doing it, um, 
I trust the people that are on my team. And that's, that's sometimes easier said than done, but it even took me some time with Alicia, right? I had to get to a point, Alicia, I don't, I don't mean to pick on you, but um, like she, Alicia is really good at what she does. And I find, found myself at the beginning trying to micromanage her and say, oh, hey, can you send me the template so that I can adjust it, blah, blah, blah. No, no, go mind your business, Kay. Sit down, shut up. Like she know what she's doing, you know? And so I had to like let the reins go. And I, and once I did that, I got my sanity back because when you're constantly like trying to check and do all this kind of stuff and you're doing it, it's basically double work. Like why would she, why would I pay her to do it if I'm just going to go back over it and change it, you know? So really just like being clear on what it is that you want. And I try to do a good job at this with any of the people that work with me and really laying out and explaining, hey, this is what I need help with. This is what I need you to do. This is what I want it to look like. Um, and then that way they have all the information they need to do their their best job, right? Um, and when we do that, we can, we can go from there. There will, oh, I just moved the chat. There'll be hiccups when you start because you're used to doing after three months. If you're still in hiccups, then it's probably not the best fit. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I find that same thing to happen like in my agency when people hire me for social media management. It's like, at first, it is going to be like a bit, a little bit rocky. But once we get to know your business and stuff like that, and once you hire those people, they're going to get to know you and you'll be able to relax. It's just getting through those first set of growing pains. And I think really being intentional about like laying out exactly what it is that you want them to do and how you want them to do it. Last question was for introverts. How do you get over putting yourself out there to sell yourself? Okay. This one is a good question. We are like five minutes over. Okay, I'm, I'm going fast. All right, so this is, um, if there's any more questions, you can totally ask, but um, I just want to like stop at eight. Um, so for introverts, how do you get over putting yourself out there to sell your offers? Okay, so like I said before, I haven't, I haven't sold since January and it's because I'm an introvert. So I actually, um, I enjoy selling, but I also enjoy not having to sell. And so um, I know, yeah, Tanisha, you didn't know I was an introvert, huh? Um, but yes, I'm like a super introvert. And I and I intentionally like structure things for my business so that I don't have to always, um, always be selling, right? And so when it comes to your ambivert, yeah, I, I love that. I wish. I'm I'm definitely an introvert. <laughs> so funny. Um, so as far as like getting over yourself, it really, I truly believe that it comes with practice. A lot of people don't realize this, but you can practice sales, right? You can practice selling um, and you can practice like how you market yourself. And the way you do that is, um, so one thing that I do a lot is I role play sales calls and I'll role play a sales call with anybody. Like it could be the dog, it could be King. I'm going to role play a sales call so I can be really confident when it's time for me to get on one. But then also as far as like how to get the confidence to like go live on Instagram, practice practice will, will, will help you like get those jitters out because it, it is sometimes scary. Like even before getting on here, like I was like trying to psych myself up, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get ready to do this, you know, for these people, like, you know, whoever shows up, like I gotta, you know, really like put my best foot and my best face forward. Um, and it really is a matter of practice. Like you just have to practice doing it. Um, I've been, I've been going live for a while now. So when I go live, I don't really feel as scared or like as nervous anymore. Um, you know, even though I'm introvert. Um, but what, what I'll also say is remember I mentioned earlier, know your capacity, right? So if you know 
that live video just breaks you out in heat hives and you just cannot do that, then figure out a different way to connect with your audience. Maybe for you, it's a podcast, right? Where you can talk. Maybe it's Clubhouse. You know, I'm not on Clubhouse a ton, but I know a lot of people that are on Clubhouse and killing it. And guess what? You don't got to show your face. You can just talk, right? If, if talking is better for you, where it's not like a face-to-face situation. Clubhouse is actually really good for me because King is always trying to pull my boob out or something crazy. And it's like, uh, you know, I've, I've slipped my nip a couple times on Instagram and I'm like, Ooh, so <laughs> yeah, girl. So, um, so really like just figuring out like, what is your actual capacity? Because you're not required to show up you know, and do a live on, on Instagram. Like none of that stuff is required. So really figuring out like, where, where do you feel most comfortable? But I think that, um, I'm gonna ask you to pronounce your name. Um, the V I H A N G A. I'm gonna ask you to pronounce your name for me at the end of this, but, um, I know she asked a question about, um, how do you know that your goal, if you're being content or if it's a, you know, if it's a big goal or whatever. And I want to challenge you with putting yourself out there to sell yourself especially if it's something like you're afraid to do video or whatever, you can just call me V. Okay. I love it. <laughs> um, but I want to challenge you to think like, okay, are you not showing up on video, you know, as a, as a limiting thing, right? Are you just trying to be content or should you stretch yourself and show up on video? Right. I will say this. I will I know, just being hundred percent honest. If you are trying to grow, especially on social media, video is the way to go right? Any kind of video content you can do, whether it's a live, whether it's um, um, like posting IGTVs. And, and you know what? It may be that you just don't want to go live, but if you can just sit down and record a video and post it, that's enough, right? P- plenty of people watch my, my replays and they comment and engage as if they were there live. So it's not a big deal whether you do it live or if it's just a video replay, but just consider like stretching yourself. And you were the one that said stretching Tanisha, um, but just consider stretching yourself. Um, because as introverts, I think a lot of times we wear that, um, that label as a badge of honor and as an excuse, you know, for us to not do things. But one thing that I know is that like, when you show up, like it really reels. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how I missed reels or didn't think about reels, but Ooh, just had one hit 10 K. Yes. That's awesome. I know that's, that's amazing. So yes, reels are also like super, super huge right now. So, um, but you know, and reels, you don't actually have to show your face on reels. Um, I've done some reels. Like I did a reel the other day where I showed, um, like a sales breakdown and it was just, it was on a piece of paper and I just like recorded my paper and it was the bomb. I might make a nor. Oh, oh my gosh. People love reels when I put King in it. It, it like goes crazy when I put King in it. It's like everybody and their grandmother loves me and I'm, I'm here for it. Right. We just love King. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. 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 Okay, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope that, um, make you feel like chopped liver. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but that was all that I had definitely using my kids. That's what sparked the other one. We love King. <laughs> Right. I know King. I mean, King just gets all the play. Like, don't nobody care about me. They don't want to hear what I'm saying. People will DM me and be like, I had to go back and watch this three times because I didn't hear you. I was just looking at King and I'm like, girl, me providing all this value and all you want to see is my baby. But it's okay. He's cute. So it is what it is. (laughs) But yes. Okay. So that's all I wanted to share. I hope that I was able to like give you a little bit of the behind the scenes of like what's going on with me. And my business, I'm about to take a photo of you guys. Um, Okay, this was really helpful. 
Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so glad. Okay, I'm going to wait one second for any final questions. I see thank you. So I think that we're good. But I just want to make sure I answer everybody's questions about anything. Like literally, I'm feeling like sharing my whole life. So this is the time to ask, what does your shirt say? Oh, I think it says booked, busy, and unbothered. <laughs> booked, busy, and unbothered. Yeah, one of my friends made this shirt. And um, I actually don't want to be busy, but the shirt's still nice. <laughs> Thanks, Boo. Thank you. Oh, are you going to share the replay? Um, yes, I will. I will I'm share the replay. Okay. I'm going to stop recording to answer your question. Or Auburn, do you want me to answer it on, on recording? It's okay. Okay, I'll record it because I think it's a good question. So you said, um, I'm still struggling with knowing when to outsource if I'm not making what I feel like I need. So for me, um, it's always hard. So when you say that you, um, if I'm not making what I feel like I need, are you talking about financially? Like you're saying like, if you don't make enough money financially to outsource, I would say in this case to, okay, yes. All right, I would say in this case, understanding why you're outsourcing, right? Because sometimes you're going to outsource to save you time. And sometimes you're going to outsource because like you just need to like get something off your plate, right? So for me, I like editing, it saves me time to hire somebody else to do it. And it actually saves, like it makes me more money too to, to outsource it because then I can take on more clients because I have more time. So I know you're a photographer. So in your case, if you wanted to hire somebody to edit, there are plenty of people out there that edit images. Um, I'll, I'll send you somebody, um, but she edits images for, I believe, what is her price? Like 30 cents an image. Um, so if you call your images, then she can edit them for you. Um, and it's actually money well saved because now that, you know, three hours or however long it takes you to edit, you have that time back to work on social media posts and to do other things. So I think a lot of times when it comes to outsourcing, we need to think about like, the long lasting effect of, or the long lasting benefits of actually making that investment. So in your case, if you outsource things like editing, or if you outsource to a VA, and, and even if you just did the, the smallest plan for a VA, um, when you outsource those things, now it saves you, it frees up your time. So now you can spend more time marketing your business. You can spend more time having conversations with people, um, you know, um, engaging on Instagram, making sure that you're showing up in the right hashtags, things like that. You have more time to do that because you're not stuck behind your computer editing. And truth be told, anybody can edit our photos. Like they really can. Can you also send good VAs? Yeah, yeah, I totally can. I totally can. Tanisha's here, she's a VA. Well, I don't know if she's still doing VA or if she's doing OBM, but Tanisha is here and she's bomb.com. Yay, so good. Okay, well, thank you ladies so much for hopping on with me. I feel so good now. At first I was so nervous. I was like talking fast. <laughs> now I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'll be tripping. I'll be wilding. Okay, so everybody come off mute and say good night. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me on the gram at Mrs. K Hillman and let me know you're picking up what I'm putting down. Take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and share it in your stories and leave a young thugger review so I know it's real. May you walk in your purpose and call in each and every day to become the CEO and woman you were designed to be. Until next time, let's get this money.